This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Manawatu Conversations, recollections of the past and sometimes opinions about the future. Today I have with me Gloria Whitson and I am Alison Mulder. Uh, Gloria, I think perhaps to start with, if you could give us a little bit of a background on who you are, where, where you are from. Yes, that's fine. Um, I grew up in Palmerston North and went to school there and read, led probably an easy sheltered life and just sailed along because I was very keen on sport. I concentrated a lot on that and um, goodness me, there was a lot going on really. I had um, twin sisters and a brother so we did a lot of things together and in those days there weren't the houses and the streets and things so we had these big areas, we called them deviations and things and paddocks, we had a marvellous time with all the other kids in the street. We <laughs> climbed trees and tormented old ladies. <laughs> so I don't think my mother, all she knew was that I went off with the older children and they looked after me. Yes. And that, so I, I actually had a lot of freedom for a little girl. And you were the youngest. And young, I was the youngest. So yes. did you experience that sense of the older ones thought that you got away with everything and you felt perhaps something about them? Yes, there was that. They mentioned it several times as I got older. You got away with everything. You were Dad's favourite. I don't think I was, but yes, the youngest does get away. The The way's already been paid for you by the older siblings, so um, yes. I did things that they weren't allowed to. Yes, so in a way we were similar, although I came from a farming background, it too was a very free childhood. But uh, I guess my feeling was, yes, I didn't realise it at the time that I got away with things, but my mind would still say tick, tick, tick. Um, but because I believed in Father Christmas, my older siblings continued to get presents from Father Christmas for longer then I had got presents from Father <laughs> Christmas because as soon as I didn't believe it anymore, they, it, it stopped. But my sister, four years older, she got four Father Christmas presents that I didn't get. <laughs> the lucky girl. Yes, um, no, I think one of the, uh, my sisters, I can't remember which one, she told me that Father Christmas didn't exist. And, of course, I went into complete denial but finally realised that was the sad truth <laughs> I suppose if we'd been really smart we would have believed in Father Christmas forever yes exactly <laughs> I could yeah. see that so you went, went, went to 
primary school primary school and intermediate and that was a big shock to me because our primary school was quite a nice little one and everyone knew everyone and all the families and then for me to go to intermediate and meet different types of children from other backgrounds and things um, I sometimes thought they were rough <laughs> I did and then went on to high school and um, again I had a lot of um, training for sport and things there I actually um, a wonderful woman called Sylvia I can't remember her surname she ran for New Zealand and she trained me Sylvia Oxen. Yeah. and um, she nearly won a gold medal at the Games but she tripped and fell but she was very kind to a little third former and tucked me under her wing So did you have any particular sport? Was it team Uh, sports or individual sports? Oh, individual I loved the high jump and running and anything like that I was was a bit sports mad My brother was too Well that's actually quite an interesting thing because of course we were both at the same school but not friends then but I knew who you were you were a year ahead of me but you knew the sporty kids and so you were somebody I probably looked up to I I was the complete opposite (laughs) I was not sporty at all well of course (laughs) if you were keen on sports you could also see where the boys were so I very quickly worked that one out (laughs) oh that's interesting so you were one of those forward young young women I sort of of was but wasn't compared to some of the other girls but anyway yes. that's probably why people like me also admired you because you'd see the sporty girls somehow getting along with the boys where I was just terrified (laughs) having yes yes my brother and I got on very well so um, he sort of opened the door for me and um, my mother started inviting the um, friends of my siblings around for nice little sort of afternoons I don't know what she was thinking and I was allowed to sit and observe and I thought this is pretty good all these older boys and then, oh, so she was actually yeah, she, she, she was sort of introducing introducing yeah. but it was all very formal and that yeah. but I don't know why my mother did that actually. Oh, my mother did it did too she did it too uh, yes. not often no it wasn't but, often but yeah. I thought this. oh here's a treat it was well. I just felt it was incredibly awkward. It was. And then, of course, when I got older, and uh, perhaps socially was mixing and mingling, not quite in the way my parents might have thought should have been the way I went. And I said, "Well, it's all your fault because you didn't make the right introduction." Introduction. <laughs> Oh, let's blame the mothers. (laughs) When I left school, I wanted to go down to Wellington because that's where my sisters were. Um, And so my father couldn't understand why I wanted to go flatting um, and leaving a nice home. That was his thought. But my mother encouraged me, so I went down there and I worked for an accountant. 
down there. I loved it. Had had you planned any sort of career move or no? Is I that knew just... I, I knew that I didn't you know quite like working with figures and money and things like that, and um, I flattered with my sister and three other girls. We had a lot of fun. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. How old were you? Oh, I would have been seventeen or yes, I think. I didn't. I didn't leave school and go directly down to Wellington. I think I worked for my father. He had quite a few shops and selling electrical goods and things. And he said to me that would give me an idea of what money was about and things like that. But I very quickly got bored with Palmerston by then. Yes. So small, small town. Small town. Small yes. town. Yes. So how how what what would your <clears throat> social life have been like in Wellington? Oh, we went to dances and um, how did we meet? Meet? I think dances and things like that. I don't know. Can't remember now. Um, but we always seemed to be going out. There was lots of laughter and oh, and we hosted parties and things. And someone we we had a party and we invited um, you know a lot of people from the university. Yes. things like that because we <laughs> we thought they might be intelligent and we would somehow be intelligent too <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting isn't it how now so many young people seem to stick at home and of course it's always been talked about that it's because of financial reasons but somehow I feel it's probably not all that. It's a lack of wanting to adventure. Yes. Um, we had free childhoods of pushing further and further physical boundaries. And I think that perhaps that paved the way for us to move more broadly as young adults instead of sticking at home. Yes. The, the, the thing was that you were meant to leave home. Yes. And get yes. away. Yes. And my, my mother's expression was you let your children go to keep them. That's true. Because if you try to cling, um, that's not a good good basis for an adult life no. and good relationships as adults. Yes. So how long were you in Wellington? Um, no, I'm a bit vague about this. Maybe um, two, two years. And, and in, meanwhile, I had met a young man from Palmerston. Well, he wasn't from Palmerston. He was a farmer from out of Dannyburg. But we were just friends, but we stayed friends while I was down in Wellington. And um, then we decided that I would move back to Palmerston. And I, again, I worked for a family accountant, and um, that was good. And um, the friendship continued. <laughs> we were all quite young. He was six years older, so <laughs> but I was the young one. But... Um, we just kept seeing one another, and of course, I loved going out to his family farm. So, is that Pong Pongaroa 
Um, no, it was on the road to Parongahau, but it was out of Dannyburg, and it was yes. 23 miles out, not kilometres, miles. It was a long way out. It was quite isolated, but it was all exciting, and I loved it and enjoyed helping in the wool shed and doing all those things, and I thought, oh, I'm made for this. <laughs> <laughs> and so you were quite young when I you was got engaged and married. married. 23, that's... That's young. I realise that now. And that, yes. But um, we we decided we would go to England and travel overseas and see. That was a good lure for me as well. <laughs> and how how did you go by ship? No, we flew. We flew and stayed in Bangkok because my one of my sisters was there. Her husband was in the New Zealand embassy. So we stayed with them and had servants running around after us. This for you know, a little girl from a little town, and I thought this was all marvellous. I loved all this exciting travel and then getting to England, and um, yes, it all. I just thought, oh wow! <laughs> it was like the books that you read yes. in the old days, you know, the Enid Blight and everything, and it was just like that when I got there. <laughs> I did. It was like I, I felt like I'd gone home. That's what I felt like. Well, of course, I can relate you to that. You can relate very, to it. Very yes, you can. Yes. Yes. I loved closely. it. You know, all the old houses and the homes. And then, of course, we met other New Zealanders. And that, so there was always things going on. And we had assortment of jobs. And these ex-farmer guys, they know what to do on fencing and things on farms and things. And, and we just moved all around. And, and did awesome. you travel out of yes. Britain? Yes, yes we did. Britain? We met an Australian couple and went all around Europe with them. By but we, we Well, he bought a new car, which <laughs> I thought wasn't a good idea because I thought, I don't know if I want to drive in Europe. <laughs> And yes, we took tents and things, did all the usual what Kiwis do when you're over yes. there. But and you know, then of course I grew to love all that and thought this is so exciting. And then you came back. To we New came Zealand. back, but um, I, in hindsight, I think I should have stayed, <laughs> not <laughs> been married, and should have stayed over there. I probably would have stayed. Yes. yes. So you basically came back from the big wide world. We did. And you and went to the farm. No, we didn't. You no, didn't. no. We went up to Gisborne and um, Robin, that was my husband, he did a whole lot of fencing way up in the hills with another chap that he had met in England who was off a farm. And I worked again for an accountant and <laughs> in um, Gisborne and I lived in a little cottage by the one of the beaches and on my own and, oh, so, and, and, so and my husband would left. come in at the weekends yes. and um, I would entertain the guys and feed them and things and then they'd go back and work and, and well, then I met some other people yes. you know some girls that lived up the road and they were from down the wire wrap away it was a great time. Yes, and so we, it was married but not kind of married. married. Yes, uh, and, uh, we, and we bought a little sports car over in England and we shipped that back and bought that. And I was allowed to drive it. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> I 
So it was all still... still it was still like being overseas, actually, because yeah. when we came back to New Zealand, even though I was looking forward to it, I couldn't settle. I found it really, really hard. I missed all that excitement of being overseas and, you know, the travel and things. Yeah. But yeah. Um, eventually um, my father-in-law sold the farm to us and we moved on to it. And I was really looking forward to that, but I didn't realise how isolating it was. We were a long way out of Dannyberg. Yes, so perhaps could you maybe describe a little bit of what that kind of life was like? Yes, well, it was a sheep farm with some cattle, and, um, you know, it was on a dirt road in those days, and... Um, well, it was long hours of um, Robin being away on the farm and working and things, and I had to get used to my own company, and I'm quite an outgoing person, and I found that um, really quite difficult at first. Eventually, you make friends, as you do, and um, people, um, they had children and that, and there was a little local school down the road, and I even had um, that... It was an article in the paper the other day about Russian Jack, who used to walk all around um, the countryside out in Wairapa, over in um, Hawke's Bay, down um, in a, out of Palmerston. Yes. Well, I think um, I perhaps could be corrected, but I believe, in my memory, Russian Jack um, came to our place he probably because did. I remember him um, sitting on the at the back back porch in the sun on the by the uh, steps I don't know he was there I imagine did did we did he, my mother perhaps she gave him a meal. She would have given him some sandwiches um, or something. Or yes. a meal, yes, she might have. I don't know, perhaps my father gave him some backy, some tobacco, mm. or something. I, I just remember this man who, I was told, wandered he the did. country. Mm. He did. He, he just walked up to the farmhouse. My husband wasn't around, but I didn't feel threatened or frightened by him. And I just knew I would make him some sandwiches and things and gave him a drink and that, and he ate that and said thank you and went on his merry way. So what what year are we talking about? Let's put this in context. Um, this would be... Early 70s, I think. Yes. 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 So. so that's actually, you see, quite a contrast. Mm. And pe- people... In the country, anyway, knew yeah, they about knew who, Russian mm, Jack, and they knew he was to be trusted. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So um, I went to Women's Institute over there, and then I found it wasn't for me. I was um, one of the women there. She said, "I don't think this is your thing, is it?" <laughs> so you know, I'd already baked a cake for a competition, and it got failed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So was was it easy to feel part of the community or well 
Yes, it was, and I was keen to meet people, and I joined the Toastmistress over there. But my husband was a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a loner, and you know he was quite content with his books and things in the evening. And yeah, he he just was a totally different person to me in some aspects. Yeah. In that, but um, after about a year, I had a baby, and he was born in Danbury Hospital, and. Um, that was a whole new ball game for me. Yeah. And so did that keep you tight? I mean, had you been helping on the farm at all? I used, yes, that? I used to help. But um, again, um, my ex-husband, he liked to do things on his own, whereas I thought it would be you know me helping all the time and that. But no, it wasn't a lot of it. So. The days could be quite long, but um, yes, I can remember having this baby, whew, taking it out to the farm. I was quite scared of looking after a child all on my own that I didn't know anything about, and, you know, way out in the wop Yes. Was and there any support that you might oh, have neighbor, got? Oh, the neighbours, yes, I got to yes. meet neighbours and things like yes. that. And um, once I joined Toastmistress and started meeting all these really interesting women, that was great. That opened, you know, I got to know the vet's wife and all sorts of things. And yes, it was the best thing I could have done. Yes. So did you do things perhaps like get together for? Yes, we did. Yes, and we had, we had, um, I remember when we invited all the neighbours around for a meal and we served wine. And they, they told everyone else in the district that we drank wine, so we were a bit different. People didn't drink wine in those days so much no. in the country. It was whiskey and gin and things like that, but not wine. But no. this was, of course, you know, when we were in England, <laughs> we discovered all those things. Asti spumanti. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we moved on from that. <laughs> Yes, yes, those were the days. They were indeed. Yes. yes. So so your parents and all were still living even? No, um, yes, but they had moved up to Auckland to be with an, um, the, one of their daughters. Uh-huh. She'd had triplets, so she, they were helping. And then we quickly realised after about two or three years on the farm that... Um, Maybe we would like to be closer to a bigger city, and or well, actually, we thought the farm wasn't big enough, but the one we bought over near Palmerston wasn't much bigger, really. But we certainly got a much more interesting social life. Yes, I was just thinking um, that on the farm where you were, so you had how many children? At that stage. We had just the one, the one child, a son, and then when we moved to Palmerston, I had Penelope. Oh, okay. And that was a yes. um, three-year gap there. And then we, then we had, I had Genevieve, and that was a two-year gap. So there were three children. So none of the children went to the local school, country No, school. No, no, no. But did, did, did the... I mean, from my experience, the district, you know, mm. everybody, um, and if you are 
at a country school, your neighbours can be people who are many miles away. Yes. And the school becomes a kind of central That's part right. of the whole community. Well, the area we were in was called Tiuri, and the school was, I can't remember how many kilometres, um, back towards town, but we had befriended the headmaster and his wife there, so they were wonderful to us, and they had three children. And that, so um, hmm, we did get to meet people in that, but we just missed that more, the bigger city stuff. Yes, yes. So uh, for, to shop... Oh, oh Danny yes. Root. You went to Danny Root shop, or otherwise um, you go up to Hawke's Bay, because so, that's where your meat was killed as well, off the farm, and you'd, you'd go and pick up, they'd kill some meat for also for you to take back, to put in your deep freeze. So that round trip to do the shopping, mm. well, it was 23 miles, miles. each way, but on a... Not good road. No, it wasn't. Um, how long would that round trip take? Uh, probably three quarters of an hour. Two? One, um, one way? I, 23 miles, that's about 40, 50 k's. But yeah. I, um, Robin had a grandmother and um, great aunt living in town, and I used to go in there and visit them and take. Nicholas, who was just a baby, and they were both little old frail ladies, and they would insist on holding him. I was terrified they'd drop him. <laughs> they'd give me afternoon tea, make a big fuss, and then I'd drive back out to the farm again. They, they, they loved all that, it reminded them of their days on the farm, you see. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening to Manuatu Conversations. This and other recent programs can also be found on the Manawatu People's Radio website and a range of programs is also available on the Manawatu Heritage website of the Palmerston North City Archive. The address for that is manawatuheritage.pncc.govt.nz If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the KiwiFruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.